0: Hello, dog fans.
1: Welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm Trevor. Today we're going to be going over some news and notes, but we're going to start with the projected two deep that Dogman put out for everybody to enjoy. Um, Jake, what are your stronger positions and some positions that still might be up in the air?
0: (laughs) As far as the two deeps, I absolutely love the cornerbacks. Oh my gosh. Every time I see that, every name on the cornerback list, I think every one of them could be a starter
1: for like any team in the, in the Pac 12.
0: No, I mean, as far as this team, I think any one of those names on our cornerback list could start. I think they're all really good players. I don't think there's an obvious two starters. I think all four guys could start at it during any point of the season. Obviously, I think we have by far the best cornerback depth in uh, the Pac-12. And yeah, I do think all four of our corners could start for a lot of teams. But man, are they good. They're so talented and so deep. And it's going to be so much fun to watch them. Out of
1: that group, who do you like the most?
0: Um, I, I think it's obvious. I think it's Byron Murphy. I think he is a super special talent.
1: Yeah, and the country agrees with you. Having him as a preseason All-American for a guy who missed almost half the games is a big deal.
0: As a sophomore.
1: Right. I think that when you look at the defensive back room in general, you go past too deep, and you're still finding guys that would be playing on, dare I say, any roster. Oh, yeah. I... I... Uh, Pac 12.
0: I think Elijah Molden would start for any team in the Pac 12.
1: I totally agree with you. And he's going to be, he's in that position battle for the nickel back with Miles Bryant. Uh, neither of them are super duper tall.
0: Well, Elijah you know? Molden is the same height as Byron Murphy.
1: You are correct on that. Miles Bryant, great tackler. We've kind of talked about that. Elijah Molden. I think, we'll see. I- Elijah Molden might end up starting as a corner on the outside the following year, which would make Miles Bryant your senior slot receiver. But none of that matters because right now we haven't even started the 2018 season.
0: You know, real quick, Miles Bryant, I think might get lost in uh, the depth this year when regarding this team, especially if he doesn't win the nickel job over Elijah Molden. And Miles Bryant's actually only 5'8. Elijah Molden's 5'11. I think if Elijah Molden wins the nickelback job, you'll just see Miles Bryant fall farther and farther down the depth chart list. I think Keith Taylor is also really talented. So you could just see Miles Bryant losing playing time. Sure, he's a sure tackler, but he's not a really special playmaker. And I think that's what these cornerbacks are known for especially on this team they're ball hunters they go out and they get the ball and i think that's what is special about that cornerback room
1: and i i i agree with you in the point that i think miles bryant if he's not the nickelback he's not going to see the field we saw what miles bryant was on the outside last year and teams picked on him however that nickelback position could be one of those spots where he really takes advantage of of what he's good at and if we're able to keep him inside which we probably should with all of the guys that are now more seasoned he's kind of a nickelbacker bust uh you could see him in a dime package however it's it would be hard to keep guys like austin joiner who's uh, they, they have him listed as the backup to taylor Rapp. seeing um you, you see him having probably a lot of snaps so I think you're probably right. If Miles Bryant loses that nickel position, he's probably going to end up being lost in the shuffle. The thing about the defensive back room is that room has been elite for a while, but you are getting to the point where every single guy in it is probably going to be in the NFL. Yeah. And that's Miles Bryant at five, eight with the trend of the NFL liking bigger cornerbacks I think that's kind of a recipe for him probably not to make it to the next level and maybe you know it's one of those things like you know we appreciated you but we've taken another step forward
0: yeah this is
1: I mean quickly turning into cornerback you oh no doubt I think it's already there look at the guys that are already in the NFL you kind of look back at Maybe Desmond Trufant was really the start of that. You can go back to a couple guys that have kind of been journeymen in the NFL that I'm spacing on their names right now. But every year it seems like we're we're putting really quality defensive backs into the NFL. Absolutely. And that is because Jimmy Lake is amazing. And something that we haven't touched on at all is the selflessness of Pete Kwiatkowski to allow Jimmy Lake to – Make that move into being the the play caller of the defense, essentially saving Washington from losing him.
0: And and that I thought that was the most stand up job um, I had seen all offseason regarding. I mean, just recruitment and the amount of respect the kids have for Jimmy Lake to keep him around was as big as anything this year, as big as anything Chris Peterson's done this year, I think keeping Jimmy Lake has been astronomical.
1: Jimmy Lake is the best recruiter on this staff. Yes. Chris Peterson knew that Jimmy Lake was probably going to be gone because he was going to get a big-time defensive... He was going to be the head... He was going to be the defensive coordinator of a major school. Um, Kwiatkowski talked to Peterson about it. And Kwiatkowski brought up the idea of him taking a step back and letting Jimmy Lake become that that next play caller, uh, which is a big deal. I mean that's it's
0: it's good that never happens. It's good and it's bad because we all know that Jimmy Lake is going to succeed at everything he does, which means the next step is he's going to get a head coaching job, and he,
1: he absolutely will. And
0: and he's not long for. UW uh, maybe a couple of years hopefully a couple of years because he's going to get a, a head coaching job and he's going to succeed and it's going to be fun to watch him
1: a lot of people think that they're going to make him the associate head coach and then when crit- he'll be basically your heir apparent to when uh, Chris Peterson decides to retire some Husky fans have this idea that Chris Peterson's going to retire, become the A D in ten years, and then Jimmy Lake will be the head coach from then I on mean, it probably won't work like that. If, I don't think that's how Chris Peterson works. I think when he's done coaching, he'll probably be retired. How I mean, but really? How amazing would that be? You have to you have be. your football coach for the next forty years lined out. I mean, I, I love the part of Chris Peterson. Giving the reins over to Jimmy Lake once we've won, you know, five national championships in <laughs> ten years. Five,
0: five, and five and five.
1: I'll I, I dig on that too, but you know, Jen Cohen's done a great job, and and some people rag on her that you know it was kind of set up for her already, but she's she's the one in charge, Whoever's, and I think she's doing a great job. Whoever
0: says that it was set up for her already obviously did not watch Sarkeesian coach football. <laughs>
1: Right. Or drink football.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: So obviously, the, the defensive back room is absolutely our favorite room. The cool thing about today's college football, football landscape in general, is most of the time you're in a nickel position. Uh, you're in the nickel formation. So you have an extra defensive back out there almost every play. And that means that more of our best players are going to be on the field. Um, So, you know, the outside linebacker position, the Amandre Williams is projected to be the starter. Those guys aren't getting in a whole lot. So to say that that's your – when I was looking at it, that was probably my – on the defensive side, the area that I was most concerned with. But they're not going to be playing that much. It's so fun Looking at everybody else, there's just – there's not a lot of weak areas
0: it's so funny that you say that because I was literally just looking at the two deep and not, not just outside linebacker alone. I think our linebacking core might be our weakest spot of our defense.
1: And it's still good. Oh,
0: no, it's not bad at all. I, I love Ryan Bowman. I think Ryan Bowman is such a good outside linebacker. Um, Right. I, I feel I don't like saying this, but I think the one spot that I have the hardest time with is BBK at inside linebacker. I just I, – I go back to it. I've said it before. I watched him versus Penn State. Big physical football teams pushed him around. I just – I want him to just hit some guys in the face.
1: And you're right. He's going to get a test right off the bat. I mean, he's going to go – into Atlanta and see big boy football, yep. and he could be a big issue if he still has those same issues that he had at the end of last year. The one for me that the put up or shut up is going to be Benning Putoai. Absolutely agree. Was, he was highly touted, great body. He got some coverage sacks last year, but overall, I want to see somebody like Joe Mathis from a couple of years ago, who was just in the quarterbacks pocket all the time does just making life comfortable
0: does benny potowai out have the quickness off the snap to get to the quarterback because when i watched him that was the one thing i noticed is he's not quick off the ball
1: let's let's call it propaganda is saying yes reality i i don't know we're not at practice everything i've heard says yes okay that's another one that we're just going to have to wait and see. Now, you said Amandre Williams, at outside linebacker. What about
0: Miles Rice? Where has he been? Where has he lost to?
1: Well, he's he's that number two behind him.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, I'd really like to see him on the field. I'd like to see what we have with him. Yeah,
1: and I think the first place you're going to see him and, you know, Ariel Nada and, and Amandre Williams is you're going to see a lot of them chasing down kicks. Yeah. You know, you win those special teams battles. You make some plays. That's how you get on to that 11 guys on the defensive side. We also have the defensive tackles. Unbelievable. One of the coolest stories that I read was the body transformation of Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson lost 12 pounds. He went from 298 to 286. And from what it sounds like, that was all fat, and he's just packing muscle. So the story from Seattle Times was that him and Vita Vea would go on these crazy runs to McDonald's and Taco Bell and Dick's and all of these fast food restaurants, load up, come back, and pack it all down. It sounds like Jalen Johnson took longer to buy into the entire program, and and that includes... Some of the nutritional aspects of it, of of keeping your body at peak performance. He's had some dominating times, but at, at some points, he's disappeared.
0: I think Jalen Johnson could quickly become the favorite, the fan favorite defensive lineman this year. I think he's going to be on the field a lot more because of that body transformation, the fat loss. His stamina is going to be up, and he will be getting to the quarterback more, stopping the run more, creating more havoc in the backfield, more tackles for loss. I almost think he could be better than Greg Gaines this year. And I don't almost think that. I absolutely think he will be better than Greg Gaines this year. Everybody was so worried about Greg Gaines coming back. I think Jalen Johnson has absolutely done his due diligence in becoming – the next guy.
1: I disagree with you and agree with you. Greg Gaines will always be my favorite as long as he wears a helmet. It's too small for his face. The bulldog. But I think you're right that Jalen Johnson's numbers are going to look really, really good at the end of the year because I think Greg Gaines, he's going to be lined up in that nose tackle position most of the time, and he's going to be seeing double and triple teams. If he can do – if he can make the push similarly to what Vita did last year – Jalen Johnson and Levi Onruzirike are going to have a heyday going one-on-one with some of these Pac-12 offensive lines and an Auburn offensive line that isn't that good.
0: Yeah, I really think I, – I I kind of think the key to winning that game is our defensive line. Can you stop the point of attack? Can you yeah. – can you, can you stand their offensive linemen up and get the running back stagnant in the backfield and just let your, you know, can, can Greg Gaines create a push so that Jer- or Jalen Johnson and uh, Zuer Zwerke can go get tackles in the backfield. And that's – and Ryan Bowman, if Ryan Bowman goes out and has a good day too, I think that is the absolute key to winning against Auburn, especially in Atlanta. You need your defense to come out there and you need them to punch you in the
1: mouth. You know, it's funny. I'd say that's, you know, obvious that you need to win the line of scrimmage. But I also remember that Rick Neuheisel was really good at recruiting guys on the outside in skill positions and totally neglected the lines of scrimmage. And that was sort of the beginning of the end of the Washington dominant era.
0: What about... um... I guess Nebraska in the uh, Holiday Bowl where we, we absolutely got obliterated on the offensive line, and we still won that game. Yep. Yeah. You can win. It's It's hard to win without winning the point of attack, but I think that our team is set up to win every week on the defensive and offensive line.
1: Oh, yeah. And then, plus, nobody's going to move on our defense. It's, it is so much fun. I can't wait to watch this group play. So let's move over to the offensive side. The offensive line is pretty solidified. All reports are that Trey Adams will be playing against Auburn, and that is a really, really good thing.
0: You got to have them.
1: It looks like Henry Roberts is going to be your backup left and right tackle. The beginning of fall camp, he was playing the left tackle position. It looks like Jesse Soseby is going to be your left guard backup and backup center. And then you got Jackson Kirkland uh, as your backup right guard. His father, I'm spacing on his first name, um, was also a member of the Huskies football team at some point. I
0: think Trey Adams coming back is huge. Um, other than that, I think our offensive line is really good, and that's all I have to say yeah. about them.
1: They can road grade. I was just watching the UCLA game today. They Nick Harris was pulling and pulverizing linebackers.
0: Don't you just love that pulling guard?
1: It's unbelievable, it's, and he was really good it, at it.
0: It's fun to watch. It's,
1: it's fun to watch. It is, it. And it's so demoralizing for the defense. It's fun to watch a
0: big boy come out of the line with a full sprint and absolutely crush a corner or a linebacker. And, and to watch
1: them back off like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get hit a couple times in the hole like that <laughs> and you're not coming in as time. Exactly. That's why you need special linebackers. That's what junior year... Uh, Azim Victor was so good at. He was such a just a hole plugger. He was amazing.
0: I've never seen somebody stand up so many pulling guards in my life. <laughs> but I don't think so, not today. The
1: and then throw small running backs 15 yards behind. Absolutely. Him. He he almost killed Tony Brooks James.
0: <laughs> and then he went and smoked the joint.
1: Oops. Oops. Receiver I would say that of any of the positions, this one with the depth chart doesn't necessarily matter a whole lot because I think there's a lot of guys that are going to get a lot of snaps. You know, I don't think there'd be any dominant guys that see the field more than maybe others.
0: When I looked over the two deep, this was my biggest area of not concern, but just the fact that. I, I looked at it and I completely disagreed with how they, how they had it listed. I am not a huge fan of Aaron Fuller or Bachelia. Uh, and they have them ranked as the starting outside wide receivers. I love Chico McClatcher and I love Ty Jones. Uh, I think those guys are so good. Uh, Terrell, Terrell Bynum I think is so good. Uh, and Quinton Pounds also, I think, is a lot better than, than Bachelia and Fuller both. I, I think that both Bachelia and Fuller are kind of pedestrian wide receivers. 5'11", uh, and 5'10", 186", and one, I mean, 173. I think they're average guys. Um, let's get a 6'4", Ty Jones out there making red zone catches. And let's get a speedy 5'8", Chico McClatcher out there in bubble screens and out in the open, making plays on his own. Um, I think that would suit this offense so much better, especially with Jake Browning's skill sets.
1: I would disagree with you on Aaron Fuller being a pedestrian. I think he's a, he's a good receiver. He's another possession receiver. I he's not Chico. He's not as fast as Chico McClatcher. He has much better hands than Chico. My biggest issue with Chico is he doesn't make a lot of those catches and traffic that I would like to see my receivers make. Uh, Andre Bocelli one of the fastest guys on the team. Uh, I don't think uh, their listing on here is going to matter. I think it's going to be so situational that you're going to see even guys that you don't see on this ro- on this two and three deep roster seeing the field. Um, I I expect Marcus Spiker to get on the field. I expect Austin Osborne to get on the field. I expect Trey Lowe to get on the field. Uh, And I expect Devin Colt to line up as a receiver.
0: And that's, I mean, how many? Two, four, seven, eight, nine. That's ten guys that you just rattled off that all are very talented receivers. And I'm not saying that Fuller and Battelli are bad wide receivers. I think that you just have a different type of offense with the Chico and a Ty Jones.
1: Right. And and I agree. And Quentin Pounds, Andre Pacelli are going to be the guys that are going to take the top off the defense. Chico also can, Uh, but I'm going to, I would assume that our average height in the receiver room is not where they're, the coaching staff is going to want it to be in a few years, but I think it's good for Jake Browning, who's really, really good 15 yards and in where Aaron Fuller, Bocelli, McClatcher are going to be catching seven, eight, nine, ten 10 yard passes and keeping the chains moving. Ty Jones, I think is going to be really valuable when we get into some Short yardage key situations, or on the goal line uh and then you have your couple burners that can that can punish a defense for playing uh eight nine in the box
0: now in in five years, what do you think that the coaches want their average wide receiver height to be you, do you want i bet you six two yeah okay, I was gonna say a six two versus a five eleven yeah, okay, I got gotcha. you,
1: yep, yeah, i think they're gonna. I think you're going to see it instead. You're still going to have those small guys because college football is guys can at that height and speed can really succeed. You know those tunnel screens, end arounds, possession kind of plays. I mean, there's they're littered in the NFL as well. But I think as Washington becomes a perennial top five team under Coach Peterson that they're going to start getting bigger bodies, those NFL bodies that we've talked about with kind of the USC receivers that they have coming in. I I could see us starting to look a a little more like that than Jadon Mickens kind of players that we seem to have all over this roster.
0: But don't you want those burners for when Eason comes in and can just overthrow all the corners? Yes, I mean I mean you want those you want those speed I mean obviously you want those speed guys to be six two long legged. Um, but those are also the guys that are the number one recruits in the nation.
1: And can't John, we just
0: recruit John Ross? I mean <laughs> over and over. Find over me again. find
1: me another John Ross, please. It's not that hard. <laughs> Can,
0: uh, it, I feel like we should have had four by now in the But in for real John
1: time. Ross, fantastic talent, pedestrian name.
0: He's got a horrible name. He's got two first names. Yeah,
1: the name's John Ross.
0: (laughs) Like just like me, like two first names is boring. You almost can't trust the guy with two first
1: names. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but he's really fast, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, Tight ends is another one where I think you're you're going to see Drew Sample newly married. Congratulations! I saw that. Uh, Jacob Kaiser. I was right. I said that Jacob Kaiser was going to be the number two. Uh, based on the fact that you share his name, Tip. and Doc Man agrees with is me, so that's what you said.
0: Him. I thought you said, uh, he, "Yep." I thought you said he was going to be number one because you shared my name.
1: Check the tape. Drew Samples, my guy. Check
0: the tape. Okay, fair enough.
1: Jacob Kaiser, Bruiser. Uh, you're going to see Devin Culpe as well. I think he's going to be more of that pass catching tight end that we know and love. That might not catch a lot of balls, but kind of like a. Darrell Daniels or a Josh Perkins before him who caught just enough balls.
0: Man, are we going to miss Miles, not Miles Bryant, but uh, Hunter Bryant or what? Oh my gosh. I mean, that, that would have been an 11th receiver that we had with the ability yeah. to block.
1: He will be the best receiver when he walks, walks back onto the field. I love, I love Hunter Bryant.
0: He's the better Jeremy Stephens.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Quarterback and and running back, we don't really have to talk about that much. Uh, Running back, you know what we got. Quarterback, it has Jake Hanner. Apparently, Jake Hanner's had a great fall camp. There's a couple guys on Husky Nation that thinks that Jake Hanner's better than Jake Browning.
0: Those people are wrong. now, Now, what I want you to realize is that I won both quarterback spots because they both share a name with me.
1: That's true. And the guy that's going to be there next <laughs> And the guy after him. That's right. So, here's the question for you. Will Jake Hayner see meaningful snaps in his career at Washington?
0: No. No. Um, Jacob Eason's going to come in, and he's going to start next year. There's no question about that. He, what-
1: Jake Browning goes down. What do you do?
0: Uh, you go to Hayner. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah. that's his only chance of seeing for a uh, substantial time. And, you know, we all hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but that's the only chance Hayner has of seeing any, you know, any important time for this program, because next year Easton's going to come in and he's going to win that job. He has the most gifted arm in college football. Yep.
1: I disagree with you. I think Jake Browning goes down that they will – start the youth movement and they will take a look at both Yankoff and Sermon
0: I thought you were going to disagree with me and say that Easton didn't have the job next year and I was going to call you a dumb dumb
1: uh, that would have been the right word it would be dumb dumb, <laughs> dumb, dumb. Jacob Easton is the best quarterback on Washington's <laughs> yes. roster he's just ineligible yes. he was what the number He was the number one quarterback was he the number one overall I don't think
0: so I think he was know. three
1: never mind he's terrible Yeah,
0: he's the worst Jake Hayner, 2019. <laughs> I'm, dumb. Well, I'm all about that Jake's in 2019. From who?
1: Who? Sir, uh, skinny.
0: Uh, Lake Stevens. Browning. Stockton.
1: Folsom. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, wait. What about Sermon? Bothell. Hayner. No, I- Idaho. I think California, but that's just a guess based on there's a lot of Californians (laughs) on the
0: Good guess.
1: It's not going to matter because he's not going to play any snaps. Okay, so let's go into our very limited knowledge of college football recruiting for the 2019 class. Washington just got Jacob Bandis, defensive lineman, 6'3", 306 pounds. Pittsburgh High School in Antioch, California. The big deal here is he's the top-rated defensive lineman in California, and he is not going to USC. He's coming up north to join your Huskies.
0: And he is a hard, hard commit. He is not going to commit, sign, and then walk away.
1: Not only that, is he has he's he's coming up for another visit. Yeah. He, he's already planning on enrolling early and getting into spring ball
0: yeah he didn't even have his he didn't even have his official visit he had an unofficial visit loved it so much that he signed he said he didn't even need to drag it on any longer he didn't want to waste anybody anybody's time they don't need to call him anymore i know where i'm going i love this place lock it down
1: yeah, and big ups to Kaiko Malloy for getting this guy. Top three defensive linemen on the West Coast. I heard one of the podcasts say that he's the the best commit, highest-rated commit on the defensive line in, like, 25 years. You know, um, by the end of it, he's going to be a five-star. Uh, that's that's a big deal. Hopefully he doesn't get sad and move to Alabama.
0: Yeah, he's not going to. Um, I've seen – a lot of people um, on social medias, uh, I'm not, not going to name them, talk about how Ikeka Malone, Ikeka, whatever, Malone. Ikeka Malone, come on. Step I know, dude. I cannot pronounce his name. Um, it's all right. How he can't recruit D-Lineman. Well, suck it.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, that's, you know that's all I have to say about that. He just went out and grabbed the biggest California D lineman out there, and you have nothing left to complain about. He and, did and his job.
1: A, and he's a great coach. Look at the defensive lineman he's churning out. Yeah.
0: What are you upset about with Malo? There's nothing to, to, not, nothing to gripe about. Stop. Right.
1: He's very impressed. I know he missed on some guys. Everybody was pretty upset about the Mar- Marlon Tuipolo two but that happens. Yeah. Uh, This is a big deal. And and he's
0: come up and it's always going to happen. As long as Chris Peterson continues to run the cleanest program in the nation, because there it is, because he's not going to give in to you wanting money or your family, wanting jobs. Preach. Uh, It's, Sorry, it's not going to happen. He's going to, he's gonna, he's gonna run a clean program, and he's going to win with that. So, sorry, everybody else, you keep cheating, but you're going to keep losing.
1: That's right. So, with that, super excited to have such a big-time defensive line commit. Uh, as of right now, the 2019 rankings of. The recruiting class they have Washington ranked 25th overall, third in the Pac-12. Jacob Bandis right now is the biggest recruit that they have. Uh, Dylan Morris is the the local quarterback, uh, high highly rated guy. I think number one in the state, four star, uh, and then you have Asa Turner. A 6'4", 214-pound athlete is probably going to play a strong safety.
0: That's a huge safety.
1: He, yeah, and his neck is huge. I just saw his picture.
0: That's good for when he lays down the law on some guys. That's
1: right. But most importantly for us Husky fans is we got one of the nation's best kickers. Thank
0: God.
1: So he's uh, out of high school. I don't have his name off the top of my head, but apparently he's good. And uh, that's what we need. Okay, so the other two teams that are ahead of Washington right now in the rankings are Oregon at number three and uh, USC, of course, at 22. It's early. There's a lot of guys that are still on Washington's radar that they're going to win some of those battles. So... Their ranking will rise. Oregon's might stay where they are. Oregon offers a lot of guys. SC, they're always going to be up there. How much do you care about recruiting rankings? How much do you follow it? Give me your one-minute response on all things recruiting. Okay.
0: I love individual recruits. I love watching to see who we're going to get. I love seeing... Jacob Bandis commit to UW and knowing that he is a top tier D tackle coming in. um, I love getting Jacob Eason a five-star quarterback. Um, All those guys. I I love it. With that being said, I could care less about team recruit rankings. Uh, Oregon offers uh, every D lineman and their brother, a scholarship and lands uh, a a OKD lineman, it, it doesn't matter. We have a philosophy that we follow and we have an idea of what we're doing and we only offer our kind of guys and we get our kind of guys. And our team, through four years of Peterson, has done nothing but just escalated and just been brilliant. So don't talk to me about us being the 25th ranked team on recruits because i don't care we're getting our guys and we're winning with our guys
1: right Right. and washington offers one of the low gives out some of the lowest amount of offers in the nation and we get the guys we want
0: us and stanford are the two lowest in the pac 12
1: right and that's, that's a good thing. I think that recruiting rankings matter in some senses, but I think that the coaching staff that gets the kids once they get there is way more important. You don't want to be 60th and say you're going to coach them up. You want to be in that upper echelon and then coach them up. Absolutely, Guys that are coming from Washington into the NFL are finished products, ready to make that next step to the NFL. You don't hear the word potential behind some of these guys. A lot of guys that are leaving SC are going in because they're potentially really good and they're really good athletes, but they still need to be coached.
0: Uh, Jim Mora at UCLA, he'd get five stars and throw them on the field and that was their talent and they never went anywhere from there. And I mean, they they didn't go nowhere from there, but uh, the amount of coaching up from when he got them uh, Josh Rosen was the number one rated quarterback of the nation and it just seemed to me like he just stayed where he was at as long as he was there and uh, you look at how our defense sets up guys that they get D tackles in that are two, three star rated guys and they build them up and they, they get them stronger, they get them faster and they teach them the game of football and it, something clicks in those guys, and it happens for them. And that's why they, con- they, they constantly have guys going early in, in drafts.
1: Kevin King.
0: Kevin Sydney King. Sidney Jones. Absolutely. Marcus Peters.
1: Right. You look at some of the – Taylor Rapp was a four-star guy that was overlooked and got a lot more attention once Washington offered him. I just saw a mock draft with him in the first round. I, I mean, that's what this staff does. Yeah, I think both of us would say we enjoy seeing the guys we get, we bring in and we get excited about them once they're in there. Neither one of us are on Twitter or any sort of social media trying to follow to see what these guys are leaning from day to day. Cause uh, that seems like a lot of time that Jake and I, don't have
0: and we're especially not tweeting these young kids that haven't made their decision yet telling them to go to our school fact stop it yeah
1: yep okay so moving on to this year's team uh the associated press top 25 came out and ranked your washington huskies number six overall they are behind alabama clemson georgia wisconsin ohio state and then us what are your initial thoughts on where the huskies are ranked uh, and what they need to do to get into that top four
0: okay so i think they're ranked right where they should be the top four i think are probably the top four um, i think wisconsin and uw might be interchangeable um i think they're really similar as far as talent they both have really really good running backs they both have really good quarterback play and they both have really strong defenses ohio state does not belong in front of us the only team that i could see maybe being ranked ahead of us is maybe miami miami had a really really good season last year and they got a lot of recruits in there this year and i think that's a really good football team so i think you i i think ohio state got the ohio state treatment and that's why they're up to five instead of being eight. Um, but I, I think we belong right at six for now. I really do.
1: I think it's fine as well. I can't stand Miami, but it is really cool. It's going back to when we were kids uh, and Washington and Miami were two of the better teams in the nation. Uh, that being said, I think the tur- I hate the turnover chain. I don't <laughs> Miami. You're saying you're not flashy? <laughs> no. I'm flashy. I'm not tacky. Ooh, fair enough. Yep, there you go. Uh, my baseball team had uh, the quality at bat necklace. It was like <laughs> these like, neon green Nikes that I would do to the most, and most uh, quality at bats uh, when I remembered to.
0: That's good. No- and nobody got one.
1: <laughs> oh no, they got to wear a... They're pretty cool. They're super neon green. I, I agree with you. Ohio State seems to always win games that they that that warrants them being in that top five or six category. Uh, I can't stand their quarterbacks. I like quarterbacks who can throw as well as run. Um Urban Meyer has a tendency to leave schools and the schools go into a tailspin. So oh get fired. No, he's, he's got a huge buyout, and that's, apparently that's really playing into Ohio State's decision. Uh, think what you will about it. I have my thoughts. I'm going to keep them to myself. I'll just say that I'm not a big fan of domestic violence.
0: <laughs> so off that topic, uh, I am really f- irritated to see that Oregon's in the top 25 there's no way they belong in the top 25.
1: Justin Herbert.
0: No. Justin Herbert can't
1: stay on the field. Look, this is going to get into what we're going to talk about is ESPN is saying that we're overrated, that we're probably going to get beat up by Auburn. All ESPN and guys on the East Coast and SEC country you're going to look at is quarterbacks. And Justin Herbert is a top a a top draft prospect. Therefore, regardless of what they see around them, they're going to be higher rated than a team that might not have a big nine name quarterback who doesn't crack that preseason top 25.
0: Uh, yeah, I, it's, it's tough to argue that point. I mean, I get it. Uh, I could go down this list and ask you who the quarterback for every team is, and you could probably do pretty good. Um, You know, there's always the Boise state and, you know, the UCFs of the world. Um, Other than that. Yeah. I mean, looking at all these teams, they all have high profile quarterbacks. They have high
1: profile quarterbacks or they have a good history of college football um, or they're, more well known because they play closer to the East Coast.
0: Yeah. And I, I I every Husky fan is sick of the East Coast bias. Uh no doubt. I mean, how do you feel for o- Hawaii? <laughs> you know, they're thousands of miles west of us and they nobody ever sees that. we don't even see their games and we're on the West Coast. But back to right back to your point. Um it 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 sucks that we don't get the recognition that we probably deserve. Um, do I care? No. Um. It's going to be really hard to keep us out of the playoff if we go undefeated, and if it's no, impossible
1: to keep us out if we go undefeated. There's only one because that means beat an SEC team. There's
0: only one way to guarantee that you're in that playoff unless you're UCF is to go undefeated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Alabama. Oh, that was
0: funny. Um, you have to go undefeated. And you are guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. So go out yeah. and be undefeated. And if you're not, then if you don't get in, you can't complain. I, You just, you right. just can't complain because you didn't win every game. And that's the fact of life.
1: So – an encouraging thought with the East Coast bias is in 2016 a lot of ESPN commentators did not want Washington in. It was Michigan, Ohio State. Penn state. I think there was there was one more team and they really wanted that Penn state and the college football playoff new, I think has has a more diverse staff that has guys on it that are people on it that know the west coast yeah and were able to make a good enough case to some of those other voters that washington indeed deserved to be in and i think that they were correct in that thought too
0: i do too i i don't think i don't think penn state was more deserving than we were that year uh, especially right. not michigan um we went out and we did our job and we won the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 is a powerhouse and was kind of at that point Uh, the thought about the Pac-12 since then has kind of declined Um, it's kind of one of the lesser of the Power 5 conferences now Um, but we're still a Power 5 conference and we still have that ability to put teams in the playoff. If we go out there and we go twelve and one this year, let's say we beat Auburn, and let's say we lose to Stanford, uh, but we go out and we win the Pac-12 championship, there's a really good chance that we are in the playoffs.
1: Do you think a team that loses in their in their league's championship should be in the final? Why
0: do you deserve to get? to play for the national championship. If you can't even win your own championship.
1: I, I thought you were going to disagree. I a hundred percent agree with
0: you. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I mean, yes, I totally think that.
1: <laughs> I, I, I understand that that means that some teams that might deserve to be in, I think uh, Alabama or something lost in a sec championship and then won the national championship and that's great but that's not what it depends on on the language of what the college football committee uh, playoff committee is looking for what if it's the like four best teams and alabama loses a close game and they they end up being 12 and 1 then yes you're probably going to want to put them in but if it's based on kind of the the bracket model of baseball and Football, uh, basketball, softball, where it's kind of a bracket. I feel like if you lose that game, that's kind of a play-in game to get into the game, into that Final Four. And if you can't win that game, you don't deserve to be in over a team that did what they were supposed to do.
0: What's the point of having conference championships if if you can go out and lose it and still get in the playoff race?
1: The, the precedence is set right now that it's either you win that game or it's better not be in it. Washington benefited and I think that if Stanford didn't have three losses they probably would have ended up in the fiesta bowl instead of Washington yep. but still they were punished for losing that game and missed out on a New Year's Six Bowl yep but I think jumping ahead that Washington is going to play for and win the Pac-12 championship game and will be in the playoffs so this conversation is for uh Cletus and the SEC country <laughs> UW wins the Auburn game they got a fifty-four percent shot to make the college football playoff. If they lose it, that drops to twenty-eight. It means there's still a chance. But you want to win that game. Yeah. That sets up the season and it's and it puts a good taste back in college football fans' mouths after the dismal performance that the Pac twelve had in the bowl games last year.
0: Yeah, if you go out and you hand auburn. In early loss, uh, the Pac-12 immediately becomes a lot more dangerous and immediately gets more recognition. Do when when we beat Auburn, do the ESPN ah. guys go? Well, it's early and Auburn wasn't ready, or do they give us the respect that we deserve and? u came out and smacked him in the mouth and uh, did their job. And, and U-Dub's maybe better than six.
1: It depends on if Quint Kassinich is around.
0: Uh, who's that SEC guy? Paul Finebaum. Oh, that
1: guy. He likes him some SEC football.
0: It's annoying.
1: If, if – and, and I think when. I think Washington will win that game. I think there's going to be a lot of, I wouldn't say excuses, but alternate conversations around Auburn itself instead of Washington um, at the major network.
0: Yeah, what's wrong with Auburn?
1: Yeah, exactly. I This is for next week's pod. Oh, based on... This is for next week's pod, but I the two situations I see is Washington winning a close game or Washington winning by a pretty good margin. I just don't see Auburn's offensive line holding up against that defensive line. And I think that's going to leave the, the linebackers and the defensive backs to just give Jared Stidham.
0: Stidham. Uh, Yes. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we could end up with uh, an early interception um, against Auburn which leads to a score and I think Auburn might get rattled and I think it's gonna really benefit our defense because I think they're gonna be able to rear back and they're gonna they're gonna get after the quarterback
1: yeah, yeah I don't think I, totally... I don't think
0: Auburn's built to do that
1: oh if if Washington them and they have to start throwing the game will be over
0: absolutely
1: and that will be exciting that is all the time we have for today thank you for listening to fourth and inches a husky podcast